Yeah, obvious, we got a problem here And it's more than just obvious dreaming Punisher When life begins to suck, who's reporting it? Luckily, got two friends who you won't forget Coming live, Alvin and friend on survival Laughing non-stop, case drops on a cycle Louder than intrusive thoughts off an iPhone How they make the world seem bright with the lights off? AFs, it might as well stay up Lies being told like that dinosaur BS Magnifying glass to the ground if they don't see us Having the time, roasting your favorite people Bougie ain't an option, it's the way Take it to the grave, add moving to the place You already know when they take the case Laugh the pain away, it's affirmative Hello and welcome to another episode of Affirmative Murder, the equal opportunity true crime comedy podcast. I'm Alvin Williams, joined as always by my partner in true crime, Francel Evans. Oh yes, wait a minute, Mr. Postman. Yeah, man, I'm the mailman, can't you tell, man? Gonna post What's up, man? Not a thing, not much. Uh, been enjoying the play- Hey, wait, happy birthday, man. I was gonna wait till we got on here to record. Hit the applause! One time, birthday, man. Three, one, man. Yeah, Three, man. one. It's, I feel old. Uh, well, my, my, well, okay. Um, went out last night. Okay, had a good time, good dinner. Mm-hmm. Um, needed to take Adderall because I was exhausted. Okay. So I am feeling the pain, but I don't know if that's thirty-one pain or Adderall crash pain or a combination of the two. But what I will say is thirty-one is. Even though I had a lovely dinner and a great time and all that kind of stuff, it's lackluster, man. It's not nothing special. No, it's like turning no, no, no. nineteen or oh. tw- eleven. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's better. That's <laughs> more relatable, I guess. That's like, yeah, when you say I'm not thirteen yet, yeah, I'm not even right. a teenager. Yeah. Like, I'm not forty. Like, right. I, you know, I'm not that I'm trying to rush to get there, but like forty. That's the next thirty five, thirty four. Like, yeah. I'm gonna cherish all of them, but like, it's nothing special. Yeah. So no, although it was a great birthday, it doesn't feel like anything special. The only thing uh, special is shout out to LeBron James and the Lakers. I'm, I'm, I went on oh, a great yeah. championship. I wanted to went out here to talk sports. What I wanted to talk about was uh, in that uh, shout out to any listeners from Memphis or you know cheer for the Memphis Grizzlies. Uh, there was this whole thing about poking the bear and yeah. then um, the bear biting back and LeBron in, in this situation is um, the bear, the bear obviously, and this the young Grizzlies. We're like, he's old and we can whatever. And so I wanted to ask you, has there ever, you know, can you think of any moments that where you bit off more than you could chew, where you were just like, I'm confident, super cocky and, mm. you know, nothing. And then you got humbled real quick. Um, Let's see. There was a time at work when I was first starting. And um, I mean, like, this is, this is definitely within like the first couple months when right. I first started this job, when I first started delivering mail for the post office. Uh-huh. There was a, and like they used to like inside the inside the office, it's a lot of jokey jokey, sure. you know, make fun of people uh-huh. or whatever. And it was a time where ball busting. Yeah, it was a time where it was like uh something happened and then I was like, these routes are easy. <laughs> I ain't scared of no rain and uh-huh. all that. I was talking shit. Cause I'm like, well my dad used to do this. Right. It's, you know, in, my, it's, it's in my blood. It's in my blood. So one day I go out and this is my first time in the rain. Right. As I was talking shit about like rain, I'm scared of fucking rain. Normal rain or like sideways rain or it wasn't normal rain, but it what the wind wasn't blowing. Got it. But it was still it just coming. heavy rain. It was just heavy rain all like at the same pace the whole day. So I'll go, okay, go out. And I didn't get off of work <laughs> until nine o'clock. What time did you start? Well we well we I don't get out I got we get on the street at like eight thirty. So almost twelve hours. Nine. I was out there at nine o'clock. <laughs> Wet. Soaked. Beyond, I mean, like beyond soaked. Pruny, probably. 
Man, it was the worst. That was the day I was like, I might, I don't know. Humble, if I can. My, humble yourself. Humble, and I'm like, I'm, I don't even, I don't think I'm gonna show up tomorrow. I might quit. <laughs> it was the worst because I'm you like, thought I'm, about it. Man, it was the worst because I had talked all that shit. Got out there <laughs> in the rain. I was because I'm like, this is my first time working in the rain. Right. And it was like the worst rain. The worst rain. But then like when you got gear on, you fine. But then if like if it's, it's soaked, if it's a pace, if it's a steady pace, you just soaked. It start going through. Yeah. It only can hold up for so long. It doesn't matter. You just wet. It's, I'm just it doesn't wet. matter what you have on. I got. I hate one of my one things I hate most is wet socks. My feet <sighs> are wet. I'm wet. So like now I'm walking all stiff. Oh. Because so, I don't want to like. My arms hit my body. I just yeah. don't want to, and I'm walking slow, and then that it, it, you know that kind of messes up the pace that you walk at. Right. And then now you're sitting longer because you're like, I'm gonna sit in the truck and dry off a little bit. Right. It's just and made time the, made is the day long. Time is just going by, and it's like I'm nowhere near the and like I'm and calling talking big shit, and I'm calling for help. Can y'all send me some help? No, I'm no, you you. That's not what you were saying yesterday. <laughs> you could say you could do handle anything. And after that, man, I was like, all right, well, I'll and I was and it's like the old heads, like you got to respect the old heads that been doing it. For yeah. They've been doing it for 30 they had years. How many days, I mean, of that? And they like, oh, okay. Yeah. Man, that shit. I'll lay out real quick. Next day, I was dancing. They looked at me. What time you get back? I was like, man. I was like, go ahead, man. Leave me alone. I don't want to talk about <laughs> it right ask now, me what time. You know what time I got. Yeah. You heard what time I got back. Don't ask me what time I got back. I'm trying to be an asshole. And my dad was just like, hey, it's just. It's part of the, yeah, it's it's part part of the game. That, that's what happens, but. Yeah. Hey, but after that moment, I go like, nah, man. Yeah, you got you got you got to you got to respect it. Yeah, you got to respect the game. Yeah, I never forget that, man. For me, it was I got I got two ones that I remember very well. I remember <laughs> I went to two high schools. Mm-hmm. So my first high school was like a run of the mill kind of whatever school, and I played baseball, mm-hmm. and we didn't win a single game. Yeah. Matter of fact, <laughs> seventeen games in a season, I believe. This is how bad the team was. I was not really good at basketball. I played outfield. Baseball. I played I played left field. I mean baseball, baseball sorry. Yeah. I played left field and, you know, I was like eighth or ninth at bat. Like I, I wasn't yeah. really good at that. Also, either. by the way, I'm surprised you you stuck with it for that long. Oh, I'll quit a thing in a heartbeat. But <laughs> <I> it <know>. was <laughs> But you know, you get to get on a bus and go to other schools. It was different. Like yeah, it was okay. camaraderie. Yeah, I was try- right. it was my first two years of high school. So okay. it was my it was my sophomore year. So I was like, I'm gonna come out of my shell. Like, I'm gonna try to you know, get some brotherhood, yeah. like, that kind of stuff. So I stuck it out, even though it was like, man, we can't win a game. Like, <laughs> we were going, hitting no balls. Like, we were having no, we were, people were pitching us no hitters and shit. Like, it was crazy. Terrible, right? <laughs> so probably like 13 games into the season, they bumped me up to varsity. Okay. I don't know what they saw in me. It, it couldn't have been skill. I don't know what they, I think they just needed a guy, uh, they needed a, uh, to fill the roster out. They were like, this guy's bigger than yeah. some, the, the other scrawny JV guy. Maybe he looked at you like you're the uh, Albert Pujols. You, you, had, you got a Yeah, like I, had, I, had, I, had a, I had a real barrel-y type yeah. of midsection. He's a power hitter. Yeah, the, the way they were wrong. <laughs> I couldn't even eye the ball. If I got a hit, it was like, it was a beautiful moment. It was a single. <laughs> But it was like, I might as well be running to the bases in slow motion. It was yeah. like, I, I, you'd have thought I hit it out of, I went yard. Yeah. Right. So I move up to varsity. Mm-hmm. We finish out the season. The varsity team doesn't win a game. JV wins the last game of the season. Wow. We come back to the school. They throw in the Gatorade on each other. Because it was the first game they won. They so won, I'm like, right. they were all my friends for the first, most Damn. of the season. Yeah. Then I leave the team and I don't even get to celebrate the one season. Yeah. It was the one, one game. Yeah. yeah it was like, so I... I bit I bit off more than I could chew when I transferred schools in eleventh grade. I moved to a new school. Yeah, and this school really played baseball. Oh yeah. So I go to the tryouts. They had they were like it's two a day tryouts. Like you come in the morning and then you come in the afternoon. Like you come and run they had sprints. Like football tryouts. Yeah, Dang. for the baseball team. Yeah. Then they had like you go into the 
Never seen this in my life. Played baseball for a high school. You go into the gym, they got a bitch, a pitching machine where you go in the net and hit the ball and it just hits the net. Yeah. Just so they can see your form. Yeah. And they like, all right, line up, because they're trying to figure out who who's the, the best batters we got yeah, and yeah. everything. Man, I never even seen the machine before. So it was like, I don't know why I thought like, oh, we going I'm, we moved out to the suburbs. Like, I don't know why I didn't think those are the best baseball players, I think. Yeah, it's like a bunch of like white dudes white named dude. like Connor yeah, and yeah, yeah. Blazer, yeah. and I mean they all dip. Chew dip and spitting. Uh, it wasn't tobacco, but it was yeah, like yeah. seeds, yeah. sunflower seeds. It was a whole different. It was our team was like um, <laughs> hardball. The team like my sophomore yeah. year at the the regular high school. Like it wasn't like hood, but it was like lower Close? middle class. Yeah, I don't want to say this, but a lower middle yeah, class yeah. type of situation. And we were all just like listening to music on our phones and like. About to fight the other school because you losing. That was terrible. It's like nine nothing. It's like, but you can't fight me though. Like, me though. Yeah, so it was, me to fight. it was that kind of energy, right? Yeah, yeah. Then I go to this school. It's like, yeah, I'm uh, probably gonna go D one like LSU. Um, they really looking at me for a uh, center fielder, <laughs> spitting and shit, right? So I'm like, no, nah, this is like different. But yeah. I still I stuck out two days okay. of two a days. The first day you show up in the morning, you run, you go, you bat. You whatever you do all that like they're just kind of scouting you out. You come back later in the afternoon. You do the same thing, but then they individualize you. Like, what do you what do you do? Like, yeah. you catch catch diggers, scoop balls up, like hit practice. Like, we just want to see where we would put you. I did that for two days. I was like, fuck this. Like, I thought baseball because of my experience. I was like, oh, you just like go on trips to schools and you try your best and like you either win the game or you don't. Man, they really play baseball out there at the yeah. school. I was like, fuck this. And I did. I quit. quit. But it was like this real humbling experience where you go, everybody doesn't do it the same way. No. So you might learn, you might, you learn bad habits and you think that's just what it is. Yeah. And you can get humble real quick being like, I played baseball. <laughs> I played on the varsity team. Yeah, yeah. Right? So I'm, I'm in 11th grade. Yeah. So but, I, I, mean, I can only play without you though. Right. <laughs> That's facts, right? So, but like in my mind, I'm like, I yeah. played varsity last year. Yeah. I'm in the 11th grade. I can make varsity again. I already did it. Oh, you thought that? I thought that. And keep in mind, varsity went like this. I was practicing in JV in the gym because yeah. it was like we didn't have a proper field at the last school. We didn't have a proper field. We yeah. practiced indoors sometimes. But did, you, but did you figure that out when you went to the new school? It was like the training is not even the same. Oh, like the, immediately. We weren't doing none of this shit. We were doing like wind sprints. But we did, were doing but, like the presidential fitness test yeah. to get ready to get in shape at the last school. But you knew it was like, oh, that's why, they, that's why we suck, though. I now, when I went oh, to the, okay. I just thought, I don't know. We just didn't have the right personnel. I was yeah. like, maybe we don't have a superstar yeah, yeah, yeah. hitter or I don't know. I don't know what, hey man, when you losing every game of the season, you can start doing Jedi mind tricks. It's like, it's not us. It's yeah. like all the, the other schools sucks. are just, yeah, it's all that. It's all, it's not, this is the coach's fault. Like, this isn't <laughs> us. This is, we are great. Yeah. So like, I, you know, I convinced myself that all these other schools are just better. We don't have the right equipment and all that stuff. It was all, it was everything, but it was us. Yeah. So I'm in JV on the JV team. They come up to me and go, "Hey man, you want to play on the varsity team?" I went, "Um, yeah, sure." They go, "All right, cool. You come over here. And you and the varsity just on the other side of the gym. Yeah, practicing baseball indoors, scooping balls up off of the hardwood floor. That's crazy. So now I'm on the varsity team. Was it I'm, like raining? I don't. If we just didn't have a, a didn't proper have a, field, but like, there's no field out there at all. It was a it was a bad field. It was man. They didn't have bleachers. Like we couldn't even have like um. A section like if you wanted to, if your if your family wanted to come watch you play baseball, there was no bleachers out there. It was terrible. So, but I go to the school where they got bleachers, yeah. like lights. Yeah. Like if they had a night game, it's beautiful. Yeah, they got announcers in the 
in the box. The yeah, it's like, yeah. And, and up next, the back, it wasn't none of that. That's crazy. It was like, re- it was like uh, two girls that also went to the high school that just kind of traveled with the team that flipped the, flipped the sign. Like, it's now one, now it's one to nothing. In the outfield and shit? Yeah, it's yeah. like, they just, and they're not even really paying attention. It yeah. just was the most unspirited. This school people, I work in this area, and like, they got money out there. So it's like, I, yeah, I it all know. makes sense. <laughs> you know? Everything is done the by new the, school? The new school. Oh, yeah, the yeah. The, the, my second school. Yeah, your second oh, school. Oh, yeah yeah, 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 yeah. No, it was a whole different... It, it was a fish-out-of-water situation in many regards, but, like, seeing kids that have been playing baseball their whole life... It was not many kids on my first team that had been playing baseball their whole life. It was a bunch of kids that were like, I just wanted to give it a try. Yeah. And these kids are like, oh, I've been playing baseball since I was three. I've been on the seven traveling teams and all this type of yeah. stuff. And AU baseball teams. Man, I'm like, the Dominican Republic and shit, and I'm like... I just think I maybe could make the team. I made the team at this school, and they were like, where'd you come from? I was like, this school. They were like, yeah, well, <laughs> didn't that team not win any game? I said, and then I got Everybody a I him with the, well, well, the JV team won one game, but I was on varsity, and we didn't win any games. As if that was like a, yeah, because I'm trying to be like, well, you know, I play varsity. I made varsity. I played, I made, <laughs> just don't say it like that, but that is, that's how I was talking to him. Like, well, I made varsity in 10th grade, so yeah, yeah. we were well, on Well, that was the ultimate flex in high school. Yeah, not if you didn't win the game. I guess, yeah. It's like, how much did you contribute to the varsity-ness? <laughs> but no, it was like, sometimes you poke the bear and you, you bite off more than you can chew. Yeah. And I poked the bear of high school sports and learned very quickly mm. the difference in every school isn't the same. Like, yeah. some schools take this shit real seriously. <laughs> but um, like Fran mentioned, it is my birthday. Yeah, um, uh, You know, we don't have, we don't want to... Uh, uh, waste any time and, and, and short you guys out of what I think is a really good story that we're doing this week. So we're going to get to these shout outs and then we're going to get to the fucked up shit. Yes, that's right, folks. It's time for these Patreon shout outs. We much appreciate you guys so much. Um, right now, if you go on to Patreon, you can uh, listen to an interview uh, that I did with one Bob Ruff on Inside the Podcaster Studio. If that's a guy that you guys like, super likable guy. I love Bob Ruff. We had a great conversation. It was super fun. Um, that's available on Patreon right now at any tier. Please feel free to check that out. But we're going to get to these shout outs up next. Or starting off, we're going to start off with a shout out to Lana P. Shout out to Lana P. Keep pushing P out there in the world. Uh, Young Thug put Gunna's music link back in his bio on his Instagram, so he's not a snitch, I think. And so we can listen to we can listen to Gunna again. So we can. Keep, I was listening to him anyway. It didn't make any difference to me. He didn't snitch on me, right? Uh, so yeah, yeah. So Lana, you keep pushing P out there in the real world. Up next, we got a shout out to Melinda F. Shout out to you, Melinda. Uh, love how you spell your name. I know that's not your choice. Your family, your parents did that. That's unless you changed it. I'm, I'm not, I don't know your life. Um, but either way, love it. Keep doing it. I love the energy and love and light to you and yours. Uh, up next, we got a shout out to Kita. Shout out to you, Keita. I love that you went black and white with your photograph. That's very noir of you, and I fuck with it. Up next, we got a shout out to Janine B. Shout out to you, Janine B. It's a lot of ends in your name. They're all over the place. It's two here, three there, all around the back end, around the corner, turn, it's ends everywhere. Up next, uh, we got a shout out to Adam A. Shout out to you, Adam A. I love it. It looks like your artwork is your picture, not a picture of you. Um, and also, you have the name of the first man, allegedly. Um, so shout out to you and that And um, yeah I uh, hope that You know ribs You know Eve was the rib And we like ribs Ribs are good yeah. Summertime Sweet baby rays um, Up next we <laughs> yeah. got a shout out to Kelly C Kelly I see that you clearly had some extra money Sitting around at the tax season And you decided to uh, send that our way By way of um, paying for some extra content And I hope that you're enjoying it Please um, and thank you up next, we got a shout out to Melissa S. Shout out to you, Melissa S. Um, 
Great name, love the name, love the half a hair thing over one of the eyes. You're doing your thing, and I appreciate it. Up next, we got a shout-out to, wait a minute, Giovanni. Okay, Giovanni E. Shout-out to you, Giovanni E. Much love and appreciation. I don't know uh, who I'm speaking to. There's no picture. It's a picture of a fox, and I'm sure you're a fox. So keep doing your thing and live your life. And up next... And lastly, up next and lastly, we got to shout out to Chantel, maybe Chantel. You know, I think that's a regional thing or depending on how much money, what tax bracket you're in. I think Chantel's more on that upper end, Fran. And Chantel's more humble, middle class, regular, everyday, average Joe type of people. But if you are a person who like, you know, I don't know, wears Birkenstocks, uh, takes tote bags to the grocery store, eats organic produce, you might say Chantel. But if you like a nice, you know, hamburger helpers, beef stroganoff type of situation, <laughs> steakums, we all fuck with those hot dogs and beans, you know, yeah. real down home, earthly type of things, you might be a Chantel. Mm-hmm. Either way, fuck with it. And thank you to you and to everybody that I named and to everybody that's supporting the Patreon. Like I said, that interview with Bob Ruff is available there. We got another one coming soon. Hope you guys enjoy that one. And we've got another one coming on the back end uh, with all, also with other stuff to come on the Patreon. We're excited to bring you guys extra content um, this summer and hope you guys enjoy it. What we're going to do, though, is we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to get into some fucked up shit. So stick around. All right, and we are back. Folks, this week, Fran and I have... How did this story make you feel, Fran, before we get into it? I mean, this was uh, a sad... I mean, they're all sad, obviously, yeah. in their own ways, but this one particularly is an, uh, a sad story, huh? Yeah, man. Um, Kind of from that Emmett Till type of... Yeah, big... A lot of similarities. Yeah, a lot of imagery. In this, yeah, and that. that story, that's when... Um, but it was very sad, especially getting, especially watching the video. I watched the video, so... Oh, I didn't like, see the it video. Was, it was um, where they showed what like his his body or I mean yeah but it's like it's like they show pictures but it's like it's still blurred out got it got it but got they it. still you can still see the image you can still this, see his body this was the eighties I mean, yeah obviously yeah. we're gonna get into it but yeah, yeah. when we say Emmett Till it's like we are not talking about the sixties the fifties the forties this was eighty three Michael Jackson was out yeah you know like this is yeah, not yeah. The, color TV this yep. you could watch this on the television it was on the radio like yeah, this man. this was not a uh, hundred years ago so this hearing these things they. Hearing them today hurt, but hearing them in the 80s where you feel like some progress must have been made and hearing something so not progressive, so barbaric, yeah, that recent, it hit me hard. Um, uh, but without any further ado, our, our story that we're covering this week is the story of Timothy Coggins. Mm-hmm. Um, um, I, I I got a lot of information from A and E. You watched the doc, you watched the documentary, correct? Yeah, I watched the A and E documentary. Mm-hmm. Um, I got some information from Oxygen. Just just a lot of different sources that um really piece things together. And uh, so shout out to those sources for sure. But anyway, let's get into it. So on October 9th of 1983, the body of Timothy Wayne Coggins, a 23 year old black man, was found in the woods off a power line easement in Griffin, Georgia. Now I don't really know anything about Georgia outside of Atlanta. But what I have heard as far as like Stone Mountain and things, it's almost like if I'm wrong, if any Georgianites or Georgians, Georgians, probably Georgians, any Georgians, I feel like Georgia is a lot like Oregon where people I hear I've always wanted to go to Portland Mm -hmm. and I've always wanted to go to Atlanta because I know those two cities. But people, when I tell people how much I want to go to Portland, they're like, well, just go to Portland because Oregon is a super racist state. Is it's it? so racist that they didn't they they like banned slavery because they didn't want black people in the state. Damn, they were like we don't even want free labor. 
that's how racist Oregon is, was, don't know. But Portland is this very progressive city with all these different rules and they have so. different ways of policing they're trying and all this stuff. And Atlanta is Wakanda. Yeah. Everybody tells me Atlanta is this beautiful black city, black wealth and affluence and real estate and it's the new Hollywood and yeah. all these things. But Georgia itself is still, it's the South. It's still the South. It's still the South, you know? Like, so you, you have this city yeah. that's this big, beautiful, busting city that's making all this money and all these wealth and celebrities and stuff. But then you could go outside of Atlanta and end up in Stone Mountain or Macon or um, Griffin mm. and come across some of the most like shocking racism, like something akin to what you think Mississippi is like. Yeah. So, you know, sometimes you, when you think Georgia, you think Atlanta, but that might twist what you think the whole state is like. And so this story could shock you even more when we get into it. But just keep in mind, this is Griffin, Georgia. Uh, his body was found. He had been stabbed dozens of times. And an X resembling the emblem of the Confederate flag was carved into his stomach. Yeah. Which is so disturbing. You know what I mean? Like that, when I read that. Yeah. Well, I saw, I saw it was his upper torso, like his chest. Yeah. 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 But I mean, to do that to somebody's body. Yeah, man. The level of like hatred and racism and violence in that after like to just mutilate somebody that way with, with that, you know, with a, like with an X from a Confederate flag, like you're so deep in your ignorance and your hatred that you could one just hurt somebody that way but to like believe that that much that you did that to somebody's body it, it just it really made my skin crawl timothy had also been dragged behind a truck and then left to die beneath a massive oak tree which was known in the town as the hanging tree yeah in 1983 this i mean obviously this, it had a history i'm sure but like in 1983 uh, the tree was still being called it was still known as the hanging tree I feel like they called any huge tree a hanging tree. A hanging tree, maybe in the south. Like, it was like I tell you what, it's no. Then, I never heard of a hanging tree in Baltimore. I mean, I, I mean, like in Georgia, in Mississippi, yeah, like supremacists be like, oh, you a, can hang, you can hang. No, it's not, it's not an oak tree. That's a that's, that's a, a hanging, hanging tree. tree. Any, oh, yeah. any, any tree any with big, height, and you can or just a thick tree with a good base. Yeah. Like, oh, you can really hang some bodies from that tree. Yeah. It's not too far off from the time before. Yeah. That era is like, but it's still yeah, in '83. Yeah. We're in 2023, but in 83, you're like 20, 30 years removed from like, that's just common practice. Right. Like you could see in a dead body swinging from a tree. Yeah. It wasn't that long ago. Right, exactly. Like if you're 40 in 1983, you didn't see some bodies hanging from some yeah. trees in, 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 in Griffin, in Griffin, Georgia. Yeah. yeah. yeah you, didn't, you didn't see, you didn't see, if you're 40 in 1983, when they tell you, when this story breaks, you go, I mean, I mean, I'm used to this. Yeah. Or that every, or everybody knows what that. The history of that tree. Yes. So uh, it just, man. I but know. I couldn't live in the way it was like. No, oh, no, the no. Hanging, the hanging tree is like, you know. Five yeah. Like ten. imagine. I'm good. Imagine you get a promotion or uh, you get a new job opportunity and they're like, you need to move to Georgia. You, but you can come down and uh, take the town for a tour to see if you want to take the job. Yeah. And you get down there and they're like, yeah, so there's the uh, Five Guys Burgers and Fries. The mall's that way. The hanging tree is over there. Sometimes we have food trucks over there. You go, excuse me, what? Yeah. We just call it that because it, we used to hang people from. Now, we don't do that anymore. Super progressive now. We don't do things like that. We just never changed the name of that. So we still call it the hanging oh, tree. Like, I'm going to not take the job. And I'm going to leave here before the sun goes down. <laughs> right. <laughs> like, I'm going to leave here while the sun's still up. And I'm never coming back here. I couldn't live in a place where that's even a common thing to say. Yeah. Not, no way. Like, at all. I don't want to raise children in a place where that's, anybody's calling it that. That's, it's, it's insane. Man. Mm. But it's so crazy 
I'm not saying Baltimore is the most progressive city in the world. I'm not saying that at all. There's a, Baltimore has its own its, its issues, but it's just some stuff where you go, oh man, people still think like like you go to the, you, when you think there's these corners and these places that you can go in this country, and you go, people still think like they have two proms. Yeah, you know they got a black prom queen and a white prom queen. It's like that is still a thing. I still can't get over the whole Confederate Confederacy. You got you guys I lost. St- I still can't. I just can't figure out why, why you're still somebody's it? still you know is still waving that flag. Like I just don't. I st- I and like when this came up again, I went. All right, let me do some research. Let me dig back into it. And I go. I just don't. I don't get it. I don't get it. They lost. <laughs> I just don't get they it. lost poorly. They they were traitors. Like all this stuff. They were liars. Liars, liars, traitors, and losers and racists. Yeah. And there's people still like, well, you know, my grandfather was a lying loser racist. So that's my heritage. Yep. It's like, how about you try to find some new heritage or start? Well, how about you try to make a new legacy instead of uh big bigging up your loser? Loser, loser, racist grandfather. Yeah, because that's what he was. But does, do the clans? They, they, are they Confederacy? Are they on board with the Confederacy? Or is, are they? Or are they go like, no, we, we racist, but we don't, we don't deal the, with those. Yeah, like we love the country. We yeah. would never betray the country. Yeah. I mean, listen, all the other stuff, like I'll go beat up a bunch of black dudes like anybody else would, yeah. but like storming the Capitol, that's wrong. No, I think they're all in cahoots. Oh, okay. I think they all fuck. I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah. No, I mean it's like I feel like if you're a racist, bigot, disgusting, inbred loser. You'll take whatever person that's gonna put their hand out to shake it. You'll take whoever, like you know, KKK, Nazi, neo-Nazi, uh, what? You'll take anybody. Yeah, I don't yeah. think that they are like being choosy. Okay, I don't think the KKK is like we don't do that part. Like, oh, you you're racist. Well, we need all the help we can get. Yeah, yeah. yeah I don't I think, think they that. get to yeah, be yeah, yeah. beggars can't okay. be choosers. Yeah, because that's a hard sell. Yeah. Like, do you want to be hated by everybody except people who are toothless and losers and don't have jobs? <laughs> it's like I mean. I, I guess so. I, I'm a toothless loser that doesn't have a job. Like, well, come on down. Become of the clan. Yeah. You know, you can be family. affiliated. Yeah, it's family. family. Yeah. yeah. When you're here, you're family. So, uh, Timothy's last night alive was spent at the People's Choice Bar in Griffin. Yeah. Um, patrons yeah, of the hangout spot. Yeah. It was, it was, it was, yeah, it was like a bar and a club. It was like a bar club. Yeah. And apparently, Timothy was the life of the, he was this beloved person. He had a great energy. He, um, his family described him as a person that never, never met a stranger. Anybody he met, he embraced them and, and, and show them love. And he loved to dance and he loved to be at the people's choice and turning up, Yeah, you know, or whatever they said in 83, having a jive time. Yeah. I don't know. Having a ball, having a ball. That yeah. seems like a timeless one. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, um, uh, patrons of the bar slash club recalled, um, some white men coming in and looking for Timothy mm-hmm. and then Timothy following them outside. Yeah. Two days later, his mutilated body was discovered, and police were seeking help from the community to identify him. Yeah. So let's let's um go back a little bit to the the People's Choice Bar. Sure. So the spot they hung out. Uh huh. You know, all the people around the neighborhood. It was a it was a black. It was predominantly a black, black mm-hmm. club bar type yeah. of environment on so the black were, si- on the black side of town. Right. Mm-hmm. So there was, uh, I I believe it was the the cousin or the aunt said that there were times where. Just two white women would just show up. Just, just they would just pop look, in, looking randomly. for vibes. Just looking better for vibes. music. Now, mm-hmm. in that area during this time, you, you that's go. Bold. That's bold, Thanks. but you go like it screams because because we know the story. It screams setup, mm. right? It screams setup to me. It screams like I don't know, just like 
Or they was just, no, they just down with the, you know. Yeah, they down just, with the swirl. Down with the swirl. <laughs> <laughs> down with the swirl, you know. So I go, so it's like, it's, it's one of the two, but the but it's story. Ris- but it's risky. It's risky. Mm-hmm. But I, men, y'all drinking, having a ball, you go like, all right, well. Okay, yeah, they, uh, there's some, some different. Some different up in here. It's snowing in here. <laughs> or whatever they say in 83, Is that I don't what know. they said? I don't know. <laughs> you know, they had some kind of saying, and then some old dude comes yeah, out of the shadows yeah. like, hey, man, you better watch yourself, man. The devil is in here tonight. <laughs> Yeah, don't don't fall for the devil's tricks. Yeah. Don't 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 have yourself sell yourself short out here now. Yeah. So, but some old black dude always comes with great advice in any movie. Yeah, man. Yeah. But you know, there was a time where just two random white women just would come into the party, mm-hmm. and then they would just they just have a good time. But it's like you also got to think that's with anything today. It's like um, black culture is amazing, and it's yeah. always been amazing. So you know, don't nobody wants to go to the club where they still playing. Uh, the Beach Boys and Elvis Presley and shit. They want to hear Gladys Knight and they want to hear Rick James and they want to hear Michael Jackson. They want to hear the hits, the, the, the records that are being spun that you know put that groove, that boogie in you. Yeah. So sometimes you're not going to get that at the uh, honky tonk pavilion down the road on the white <laughs> side of town. So I can't blame people for wanting to come and hear great musicians and, and, and see good dancing, see the newest dance moves. Yeah. You know, I always feel like, you know, this is going off on a tangent a bit, but like I, if, if black people could bottle up the culture, mm-hmm. it would be a lot more billionaires in black America. Yeah. Like the, the newest dances, everything, it comes from black culture and black pain and black experience. And, but we don't know how to monetize it because it's coming from the heart. Yeah. We just love it. So That's then right. you get these two white ladies come here or come down to this club and they go, what's that? The, the What's, what's that dance you're doing? They go, yeah. the jitterbug. Like, write that down. Put that on a shirt. Go and tell the country about the jitterbug. We invented it. Yep. We just stole it. Yep. And now we're on, in 1983, but now we're on TikTok doing the jitterbug. Yeah. And now we get to meet the president because yep. we did the jitterbug. But we had to up. go, we went to the black club to find out about it. Yep. Yeah. So it's, you know, um, I can't blame them for wanting to come and, and experience some fun and, yeah. and some uniqueness and stuff like that. Uh, so then, um, you know, by that, Two white women coming in. There's been this is a whole bunch of different rumors, and we'll get into that. But up to before the finding of Mister Mister Coggins, you know, he went. They was he said they said that you know he would he would just he would go in Miami for a couple of days. Mm-hmm. So when he first went missing, it was like that's just him. He's a free spirit. Him. That's him. He he went. He'll, he'll go. He'll gone. He's gone for three days, mm-hmm. and he'll just pop back up, and everything is fine. Yeah. But then when he didn't come back after a couple of days, that's when, you know, people start to get worried. And that's when the news came out of, you know, what happened when they, when they find him. Yeah. They even said uh, his sister Talissa, which I'll get into. They said when the police were showing up to the neighbors, because it's the black side of town with photos of these, this horrific stuff, they went to her and was like, do you know who this is? And she said, no, but she knew in her, in her heart, like my brother's been missing for a couple of days, haven't heard from him. And now mm-hmm. it's less, not, not literally, but now it's day three. Yeah. He always goes away for a couple of days, but now already, I already have been nervous because he's now gone past the time that he usually disappears for, and now you're showing me a body talking about somebody who's been brutally murdered. Yeah, and it was a couple of days ago, and it's been a couple of. Days. So she was she was putting those th- thoughts together, but she told the detectives who were looking for information, "No, mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know who this body is." Okay, but she said even when she said that, she felt like it was him. Mm. So, um. You know, an investigation lasted about two weeks and went nowhere. And the sheriff's department basically abandoned the investigation. Um, and and they abandoned this investigation because the detective, I, can't, 
Uh, I believe his name was Oscar Jordan, I believe his mm-hmm. name was. He was the lead detective on this case. Sure. Um, what happened was he, it was a black guy. So just, right. a, it was a black detective mm-hmm. who was doing his job as he was supposed to do. And then when he went, I have an idea who did this. They took him off the case. Mm-hmm. Put mm-hmm. some white guy on. I don't know if he's a part of the clan or whatever. And closed it up. And that's when it went, it went cold. It went nowhere. Mm-hmm. I can take a guess at what the person is that he had a sus- suspicion of who it was looked like and why they pulled him off the case. Yep. It's like, no, no, no. You keep this on the black side of town. We've already put your black ass detective ass on the case to get another black person. Yeah. That's who you're supposed to be looking at, black people. And then he went, no, I, actually, I think this was a white person. You're fired. Yep. Uh, you're Go back you're to moved. The, yeah, yeah. Pit, they put him back on the traffic, traffic, uh, yeah, whatever yeah. it was. Get back out there on the street and make That's sure people crazy, aren't jaywalking. Man. We're going to get Bruce in here. Bruce, you know what to do. And he went, hey, we don't know what happened. So case closed. Wow. And that's how it goes sometimes when, you know, you get seedy people infiltrating spaces, which, you know, we might get into a little bit. Um, I don't have a, full, a bunch of details, but there was some speculation that the Ku Klux Klan had infiltrated the police department, which I don't think is suspicion. You live in this town. Definitely, that's definitely. What, do you, what do you do when you go to the People's Choice Club? Yeah. You hang out or what? Not them. That was the black club. Yeah. Whatever club you go to, if it's full of Klansmen, I'm supposed to believe you don't have drinks with Klansmen and you aren't a Klansman. Yeah. You spend your time off duty with Klansmen. Exactly. You have some Klansman sympathies. Yes. And I don't think that you can do your job properly with Klansman sympathies. So, you know, but that's a whole, that's a whole nother discussion. We, you know, that's what you, what you can do with, with your own personal time and how that affects your job is a problem that will always affect some of the most important emergency response jobs in the country. Like if you don't like black people, I don't think that you should be a doctor or if no. you have any bias against Mexican no, teacher, any, you shouldn't be done. Nothing. Things. Like how can you do your job properly? <laughs> right. Yeah. I was, I was just talking about um, the, uh, when the election was happening and there were towns like in, a, in a Oregon, I mean, not say specifically, but like a town like that where you could be in a town that's all white. Yeah. And there were teachers that were showing up when it was, you know, early on Trump shit where it was like jokes and like just slogans that he was saying, people were showing up to um, at schools as teachers would build the wall Shirts on and shit wow. at a school. And it's like, if you don't see Hispanic kids, I guess you could look at it like, oh, it's just a joke. Yeah. But like, I just want to protect the border and all that. Yeah. But like, what do you say to a Hispanic kid? How, what, if, what if a Hispanic kid transferred that day and you, they come there and you got on a sombrero and a, and a build the wall yeah. shirt? Because you're not around people who's, that is affected, that it's exactly. affecting emotionally and like, exactly. to kind of call you out on it. You're like, oh, it's oh, yeah. just... Because you can't explain to some five-year-old Hispanic kid, like, well, not you. You are, you're, you're legal. Yeah. I'm not saying you. I'm just saying uh, Hispanic people, people that look like you. Yeah. But you, how are you going to tell the five? Like we were talking about you're telling Sophia, like, what's a surprise or what's yeah, not yeah. You can't tell her, like, well, I'm saying I don't like people that look like you who don't have this piece of paper. Yeah. And you're like, what's this piece? Of, I don't, what does that mean? It's like, don't, just never mind. I'll yeah. take the shirt off. How about that? I'm a, I'm a dick yeah. and I'm a clown. Yeah, and you let me are. Take this, let me take this racist shirt off. But um, so uh, so back to the story though. So uh, Talissa Coggins, who we talked about just a second ago, he she was Timothy's younger sister, mm-hmm. to whom he was extremely close. Like he taught her how to ride a bike. He was there when she delivered her first child. Like they had a, they were they were really close. I think that um they were two of uh like six children or something like that. I don't know specifically, but those two were they were very close with each other. Um, and she had been at the People's Choice Bar the night that Timothy disappeared. Um, he could typically be found at the center of the action, like I said, stealing the show, dancing, having a good time. And in recent weeks, friend, you alluded to this, but and in recent weeks at the club, he had been seen swaying with a young white woman 
um, which was a scene that stood out amongst the mostly exclusive black club goers. Mm-hmm. Cl- uh, club goers. So, mm-hmm. a white person being in this club already was like, "Whoa!" Yeah, be embracing that white person. There's people being like, hey, man, that might be an FBI agent. That might be a, some kind of a, a narc, you yeah. know, or something. It's a red or, flag. It just, it was like, that's. She might be trying to lure you outside to eggs. get you beat up. Yep. So, yep. but he was like, I like everybody. Yeah. That's who he was. Timothy yeah. Coggins was just a fun, free spirit. And he was like, they're in here to have a good time. I'm dancing with them. Let's have a good time. So, um, in the 1980s, and shit, even today, uh, in a lot of circles, interracial dating was frowned upon especially in Spalding, which was the small town in Griffin that the club was at, mm-hmm. where Timothy lived. Uh, Spalding was so unapologetically racist that a local Klan chapter was still holding regular rallies and parades openly in the town. That's crazy. Like, just like having a, it's a, it's a Klan, it's a Klan barbecue. Come on down and get a hot dog. If you are a pure Aryan blood, if you're not, stay the fuck away from here. That's wild, man. A parade. A racist parade is crazy. Like, how are you guys having fun? How you can't be racist? Parade. You can't have the hatred of racism and be having fun with Ferris wheels and, and you can't. I mean, I guess you can. Carnival and shit. Yeah. Get rides and stuff. Black face, black face clowns. They go opposite. Man. Black, black face, red lips clown with, a, with afro. But it's Actually, like, you know something now I'm thinking about it? Is a clown racist? Because they move the lips to the red nose, an afro... And the face is painted, but they changed it to white paint. It all has all the tropes of blackface, but they made it goofy. Mm. I don't know. For, for, uh, for and I hate clowns. For people's entertainment? For, and white that's... that's mm. Where oh, were the first, maybe, where were the first carnivals, my brother? Who were the first carnivals for? You think they were... I'm pretty sure carnivals were a white's only thing. You may be Whoa, hold up now. Why is it an afro? I don't know. See, they trick you. They throw you off because they make it a sherbet uh, uh, afro with all the different is? colors or... You know, all the different rainbow colors in the afro, but it's still an afro. In the baggy clothes? Whoa. And then the know, big man. and then the big shoes, because yeah. you know they say we got big feet and yeah. all that type of stuff. And the cl- and the color the colors are really loud. Like you want attention. Yeah. A little showy. I don't know, man. Maybe. Hold up, is a clown racist? It might be. Maybe that's why you don't like them so much. Cause I can feel the racism yeah. in it. Yeah. I think clowns, the circus might be racist. That might have racist origins. Uh. Let me let me ask you a question. Shoot. So when we say we I hear this thing, I know you hear all the time too, when people go like, I want to know somebody's racist. Sure. Do you think we believe, do we actually believe that? Where we go like, I want to know when a person is I'd rather people be, be outspoken race, with their racist in my face than, than to be racist. Hit, right, but these mm. people are throwing a parade. They're they're unabashed about <laughs> you it. Can't you can't be more open than that. No, nah, having a blast being racist. Having a blast. So it's like, are people comfortable with that where it's like I think I don't know. I don't. I don't think I want to see that. I don't think I want to see that either. But I think we can find a middle ground. <laughs> I think like I don't want to see nobody blowing balloons. Nah, making animal making, balloons. No, nah, it's no, nah, it's not animals. It's like noose? a noose, a noose balloon, <laughs> a noose balloon, a noose balloon, a stick man hanging from a noose balloon, and the kids are like, "Yay!" Nah, it's crazy. Nah, it's, that's what. I, that's the part when you say parade. I'm like thinking of the the kids you see in them being brainwashed openly yeah. by giggling at like, ooh. This is like a black man burning on a, a stick hot dog. Oh, it's great. It's a lynch. It's a lynch hot dog. Like and them giggling and the fun yeah. and then the racist dads picking their kid up and being like, let's put you on the uh, the monkey swing. Like, it's you crazy. know, like it's th- that's what I'm picturing. The imagery yeah. is crazy of all the fun and the giggling and the ha ha. And it's just all these racist undertones. But yeah. what it probably was was just a barbecue 
or a parade, and if you are black and they see you, the then street? they get mad. They're just having a white you go, time. You put, they walk in that like you, no, what, they're probably in the, even if, even if and I'm wrong also because even if they're having a good time, it's pro, it's definitely people there in the clan. Oh, they're definitely in the clan. Yeah, but I mean, like, are, what are they walking down black neighbor? Like, what do we? No, I think I. Well, I don't know. No. It's a parade, so you, I mean, like, you, you walking around? <laughs> are they? They're, they're like they, they definitely go to the. They want you to see. No, I think they are. I want you to see this. They are. They're like dragging a. They got a float like the Snoopy, but it's like crazy, like Aunt Jemima, crazy, <laughs> hanging nah, rope. Crazy. Nah, we went. Nah, we went too far. <laughs> yes. Nah, that's crazy. <laughs> a noose, a noose, uh, a noose balloon. balloon is this is crazy. And a, a blackface clown just been like, <laughs> <laughs> it's a jigaboo, and they give it to like a little kid. Like, thank you. Nah, it's squonky, squonky, but it's the lips instead of the nose. They honk their lips. Mm. Nah, that's mad racist. Yeah. <laughs> We're going to move on. So at least one family friend on this night had warned Tim that he was flirting with danger. Mm -hmm. As Talissa made her way to the club's bathroom that night, she overheard people saying that there were white men outside asking for Tim. Mm -hmm. And then moments later, she would see her brother alive for the last time as he followed those men outside. So she, it was a busy night and she caught a glimpse of him leaving out with the men, but she couldn't get to him. I don't think she had any, I think she kind of probably didn't think as bad as it ended up being. She probably just went, they're just going outside to talk for a second or something like that. He's a nice, Tim's a nice guy and that's what he does. And little did she know that would be the last time she saw her brother alive. Yeah. So like I said, the sheriff's department conducted a cursory investigation of the murder and assured the Coggins family that they would get to the bottom of the crime. And I feel like that was probably the black detective, like you said. And then he did get to the <laughs> bottom of it and they were like, nah, go ahead and uh, go back on uh, traffic control. And then... Um, Things slowed up, yeah, to say the least. Um, but you know, before long, months had stretched into years and then into decades. Yep. In fact, it wasn't until 34 years later that an agent from the Georgia Bureau of Investigations mm. was assigned the cold case file. Agent Jared Coleman used what little notes were taken from the original investigation. They didn't even have much to go off. Nothing. Of, yeah. Um, to profile a suspect from that time. Probably the suspect that that guy said he thought it was. Yeah, for sure. And then they moved him off the case. Yeah. Up too close. Yeah, no, yeah, you're, yeah. That's my cousin. <laughs> you're you not gonna arrest my cousin. <laughs> so uh, this time, arrests came swiftly. Um, original police interviews had pointed towards two men, Frankie Gebhardt and Bill Moore Sr., who were white brothers-in-law who lived in the trailer park near where Coggins' body was found. But although police did interview Gebhardt, neither men had faced much scrutiny. They, it was just kind of went through the motions. Yeah. Where were you on, where were you on the night of the murder? It was like, <laughs> not at that place. You go, all right, man, cool. well, I'll see you at, I'll see you at the, I'll see you at the clan barbecue. See you at the parade next week? I'll see you there. Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah. You know, you know, I make the best, uh, jigaboo noose neck, uh, balloon animals you've ever seen this side <laughs> of the, this side of the Mississippi. Like, all right, high five and they leave out, you know, <laughs> good time, having a great time. Man. Right. So, uh, so neither of those men faced much scrutiny and Gebhardt's alibi presented some glaring holes. Yet detectives never followed up. And Coleman said it didn't appear more, had ever even been interviewed at all. So one of the guys got interviewed, just kind of running the mill, and they said he didn't even find evidence that the other guy, who was the brother-in-law, had been interviewed at all. So Gebhardt said that he didn't remember hearing about the murder and definitely didn't have any idea or and definitely didn't have anything to do with it. 
He didn't remember ever bragging to anyone about having committed it either. But then again, after 23 years spent as a drunk, Gebhardt conceded that there was a lot that he didn't remember. However, as Coleman worked the case, he encountered person after person who insisted that Gebhardt had in fact bragged about the crime. Because when you commit a horrendous racist murder, why wouldn't you want to tell people about it? Right. So they kept finding people that kids, adults, women, men. There was they found so many people that were like, yeah, one time he told me he did that, and oh, I was yeah. like, Tell everybody. Yeah, I was like, yeah, that's crazy. But I mean, what was I? I don't care. Like it's like, well, I mean, I didn't really care. The guy was he was black, so black. Who gives a damn? You know, I was like, I mean, I was like, gross that you did it, but like, oh well. And I just moved on with my life. But it took that a little bit of investigation to find those people. Yeah. You know, it, but it was 30 years later that they did it. Mm. Uh, Mary G. Broder, an assistant district attorney, led the prosecution. And in June of 2018, Gebert was convicted of murder and sentenced to life plus 30 years. Soon after, Moore took a plea deal that came with a 20-year sentence. So, you know, he knew it was a wrap. Let me get ahead of this. I'll take the 20. Yeah. Now, do you did you Ava, um, come across some of the details of the of the like the murder scene, like what they found and stuff like that? No. So it was some stuff, uh, which I thought was just like, I mean, graphic, like yeah, like I mean, like very methodical, sure type of shit was like it's it's just so. I know they said like kids found the body, right? They, they were like kids. Well, there was a guy that that. Um, I'll get to that when we get to the end of the story, but there was a guy named Vaughn who kind of found a body who was like, I think he was like 12 years old or 10 years old when he found it at the time. Yeah. But they said that this, they, they dragged this guy by the truck, by the truck. Mm-hmm. And they said that he had cuts where his knees was because mm. they cut his tendon. So he couldn't, he couldn't run. Oh my God. I mean, like it's like barbaric. It's, it's really barbaric, you know, <sighs> to even think, to think like that is, is, and then the, display them like that they wanted people to see that they did that to them yeah and then they did it by their house crazy man they the trailer it's like, park it's like they it's like no disrespect to trailer parks they didn't you know what the, and the connotation is when you say trailer yeah park, you know, yeah you know what people well, especially for these people yeah it's like but i mean like to do that they give trailer parks a bad name and to go home or just like have another it's like how do you i don't know man is it is it is it like a um they don't see us is as it, human, man. Is it? But I mean, it's, it's like a doing it to a deer. I get that, but is it like a, uh, like an itch? Is this like I just gotta? Well, we'll get to. <sighs> yeah, I mean, I, but we'll not, get not, to not just this, just in general, but just in general. Though. But you got to think that I have to imagine that most of those scenarios, it was all incited by somebody feeling disrespected, like you yeah, stepped yeah, out of right. your plate. Yeah, yeah. I, I I can't listen. It's all it's all unprovoked. Right, but. What what these racist people in these stories that we've told before find as provoking, we can't we can't speak to. Yeah. So the idea that I've never read of something where there's not a rumor of a a white woman being grabbed or uh, a white man being disrespected. There was some kind of provoking to them. It was not a not a reason or excuse or valid or any of that kind of stuff. But just a, a guy being like, I just need to kill black people. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of that if they go, well, he stepped on my brother's shoes at the market, and so we but burned to take his it out, street down. Yeah, but but like to take it out on. So him. yeah, it is an itch. All, it's like, and all they nope. need is one. I just told I told him, say they shouldn't have crossed this line. So now everybody got to go. Yeah. So that is you are correct. That is an itch because I'm like something provoked it, but the idea that it could provoke like that and start a fucking forest fire. Yeah. Not just like oh 
you stepped on my shoe, I'm going to fight you. I'm yeah. racist, yeah. and I'm fighting you because I'm racist. But it's like, no, no, no. You stepped on my shoe, and so I'm going to burn down. I'm going to run every black person out of this town. Yeah. So, but do you think it's that, or is it just like, I've been waiting for something? To- That's, it's that. And it's, t- it's that. It's just the excuse I needed. It's the, and then That's you, all I needed. That's all I needed. That's all I, need. all I needed. And then if you dig deep, sometimes it's like, it was a secret relationship, but the woman didn't want the want her husband to find out that she was messing around with black people. Yeah. And then, so now it turns into that lady. I, I keep hearing the story every time, but the lady that lied on Emmett Till. Yeah. Apparently she died. I thought she died a couple years ago. The story keeps coming back around. I don't know if people just don't know and they just keep making it up to get the people. It's like sometimes you want to get the news cycle going. Yeah. But just like this past week, I saw that it happened again. Yeah. I thought she'd been down. But I think what might have happened was she came out and said. I thought she was on her deathbed. She, she said something. Right. That's what I'm So who knows? But my point is, we'll never know what happened to Emmett, what Emmett Till did or didn't do, any of that kind of stuff. But the point is, he was like 10, 12 years old. What did he do? Yeah. But it incited that level of. So it's like, yeah, they're always waiting. Oh yeah, to when you're that hateful, it doesn't take much, mm. you know. Perceived disrespect, perceived stepping out of your place, can bring on the most. They cut his knees, man. Yeah, cut his knees, strung him up, drove him by a truck, cut yeah. an X into his chest. Off of what he was dancing with. The, we'll get into it. We'll get into it because the reason is crazy. Yeah. So, like I said, uh, Moore pled out, pled out to a 20 year sentence while Gabbard uh, was sentenced to life plus 30 years. The prosecution's theory was that Timothy Coggins was seen dancing with Ruth Guy, whether just that night or on multiple occasions, I don't know. But this was what was happening at the People's Choice. Ruth, who at the time was in a loose relationship with Frankie Gebhardt, uh, in the sense that, I mean, Frankie would call her his old lady, but they weren't like an official couple. They weren't living together, dating officially, anything like that. It wasn't formal. It was just like, we mess with each other. We're talking. Yeah. How, that's what we say today. We're talking. They were talking. Uh, the prosecution suggested that it would have enraged someone so racist to simply see Timothy Coggins flirting with the same woman that he was in any type of relationship with, let alone dancing. Mm-hmm. And so he, with the help of his brother-in-law, confronted and eventually tortured and brutally murdered Timothy Coggins on that night in October. Now, did you hear the other rumor? No. There was another rumor that, that was going to run. Now, that one, what you said is... Makes sense. Makes sense. Sure. The other rumor I heard was Timothy Coggins had a friend named Danny or Dan. Uh-huh. And the rumor was that they stole money, okay. drug money from these white men. Ooh. His friend Danny died three weeks before he was, Timothy, was, Timothy was murdered. Oh. And, he, and they said that Timothy knew... They were saying that it was like an accident. Retaliation. But- it was an accident, but he was like... It wasn't. It wasn't. Whatever they said it, that wasn't why he died. Drug related. And they were saying that they came to get Timothy is why he freely went with them. Was he kind of knew like he knew? Yeah, I owe you guys. He fucked up on something. Mm. And I was like, at first I was like, "Eh," because they they said that one first before they mentioned the one you had. But I was like, I mean, but you know something though, that makes sense. I mean, it does. Obviously, yeah. uh, More pled out and. Frankie was found guilty of the crime. Yeah. But if neither of them ever speak, we'll never know what the reason was. Right, right. But like, why would he go out of the bar with them if they were coming up to him being like, were you dancing with my girl? Like, why, if they were coming to him, confronting him as strangers who saw him dancing with a white woman, why would he go outside with them? Well, it would make sense that he knew them. Well, I thought what what my idea was, him leaving with the white men was, he wanted, they... 
tricked, they lured him like, let's go party because he knew the white woman. Mm. So the white girl that he was dancing with. Oh, you with, like her? Yeah, yeah. They have a relationship already. Right. So she, I feel like, to they, me, they I went, she has out. something to do with that. To lure him outside. To lure him outside to go like, let's party. He, he knows the female. Yeah. So it would be the only reason why he would hop in a car with these men to go wherever they're going. Right. I'm like, that makes... That makes sense. That too. makes sense. That makes sense too. They're dancing together. They're having a good time, and then they come up. Because there's no other like, reason why he would why he would go. Like, exactly. It had to be some kind of familiarity. Exactly. Whether Ruth guy was in on it. Exactly. Or maybe she wasn't in on it, but didn't know that they were going to do that. And it's like, yeah, let's all we can all go party at my house. Yeah. And there had to be something that made him go. Something. I'm comfortable enough to go pursue this. I'm sure Timothy Coggins know the 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 environment he lives in for sure. The way it's the Gri- world it's Griffin, is, it's Griffin, Georgia. It's Griffin, Georgia. He he's knows. on the black side of town. Exactly. Why would these white men be over here? What? You're not telling me they ain't had no. I'm not saying he saw this, but right. they got a Confederate flag somewhere on that truck. Must be. somewhere. It's You're not be. telling me they drive. They don't have a flag nowhere on that truck. Got to be. And I just think that, like once, you say, was once some, they got him outside, it was it was exactly. two on one. It was yeah. yeah. It was but something got him out of there. Yeah, had to be. I've, I'm sure he knew better. He. They know the, well the whole the whole when these white women come in the whole bar is like hey man whoa watch them you know hey so I'm sure he wasn't dancing that hard that he didn't hear that either but he's such a nice guy that he was like no they're here we're yeah, all having, a good, having a good time let's dance let's talk whatever yeah and unfortunately it didn't go very well for him that night but some people are like I'm good yeah like, no, I'm, I'm fine I'm, <laughs> I'm okay good God bless them but I won't be speaking to them tonight <laughs> no way. yeah no I'm good no 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 sir so as the courtroom emptied out members of the Coggins family found themselves just steps away from Bill Moore's daughter Abercrombie excuse me yeah I don't that's her her name is Abercrombie I don't her name is Abercrombie Moore so mm-hmm. um who and she was overcome with emotion which is interesting because I mean it's still the same it's the same town it's 30 years later though. You know, so maybe the town's changed. Um, but she had this real remorse that her father was this racist killer. Yeah. 30 mm. years later, you know, and she and the family's, you know. Oh, that's why she had remorse. Yeah. Oh, her, I thought she oh, was sad about for her dad. Yeah. <laughs> no, because like, here's the thing about these super fucked up racist stories. And, and not just those, but like the Golden State Killer and these things. Yeah. They lived the life like the Golden State Killer went unapprehended for decades. Yeah. Will Moore, Bill Moore and and. uh and Frankie, Frankie yeah. lived from 1983 till 2018. Yeah. Un, like life. They lived life. Whatever life, Still whatever racist. racist, shitty life, toothless, yeah. whatever cross-burning life they lived, they, they like it. It was fun to them. Drinking Miller High Lifes and fucking burning crosses and yeah. shooting BB guns or real guns or killing people. Or whatever it was, they got to do it for another 30 years when they took this guy's life. Yeah. So there's this bittersweet, like, justice was delivered, but... Mm-hmm. They also, how could she weep for her father? Like, not that she was, like I said, when I read into it, she was crying because she was, you know, she felt terrible that, this, that her dad did this horrible thing to this family. Yeah, yeah. But if she was crying for her father, it's like, how could you? How dare you cry for your father? Yeah, he yeah. got to live yeah. free for 30 years for was crime went unsolved and, and was a cold case. Yeah. So how could you, what was, you know, what, what, what could you feel? You know, this is an old man now. He yeah. lived a life. And, and, and like, um. During the, during the trial, the one of the one of the Timothy's family members went, and we still hear this today. This mm-hmm. is still like a, a relevant thing, where during the trial they went, people people went. It's so fucked up to like I don't mean to laugh, but I mean like 
the fact that somebody has the audacity to say this is somebody who's like, that happened so long ago. You know, why are you still, why are you still upset about it? Why are you still hung up like, on this? You murdered what? my father. Like, what? What do, you, what do you mean? You murdered my brother. You hung him from a tree and cut a confederate. But you how dare you him. ask? How dare you say you something? You're still like on that? that? Y'all are still on that. It was 1983. Y'all still talk about slavery? It didn't happen to you? What? It's crazy, bro. It's, it's, it's easy to get over something when it's not like in, it's in, like, your, in your blood. Shut up already. Yeah, it's crazy. Like, I don't think it's, it's that. And that's what, like, because that argument will always be a thing, especially the further removed we get oh, from yeah, slavery, sure. it'll yeah, become yeah. more that. But I don't think that if you never lived the experience, I don't think a white person seeing a black body hanging from a tree could ever hit them. That, we Ooh. all we all go, oh, my God. But when I see and I see me. Yeah, or a cousin, or a uncle, or like they're in dress pants, or they were. You could see that they had a suit on and were going to a maybe coming from a club, and you see that they just were just they're just not alive anymore, and they're hanging from a. We all see it, and it's all terrible. It's like um, when you see footage from Auschwitz and you know Jewish uh, internment camps and you know World War II footage. It's terrible. Yeah, I but like imagine your grandfather was. In the Holocaust, yeah. you've seen a fucking serial number or whatever on your on somebody's wrist, and you know what they went through. I can see that footage and be like, "That's fucking terrible. How could that happen?" Yeah. But when you're the person, I can't. I can't ever be no. in your shoes fully. No. So no. to tell somebody to get over something like that is is crazy to me. But to tell me to my my family, <laughs> yeah, you guys lynched my brother, yeah, and you want you want to go. It was 1983, man. Like, man. different strokes was on television. You're still hung up on stuff man, when Gary it. Coleman was on TV? <laughs> That's crazy to say that. Like, just, just get over it. Why are we even in court? You, got, you guys are trying to send my dad to jail. Crazy, That's not man. fair. The not fair of it all. Like, it's not, it's not fair. To, you're ruining my family. Yeah. It's like, well, your dad ruined my family when he hung my brother from a tree. Yeah. And cut his, mutilated his body. Yeah. And we had this void that we had to deal with for 30 No years. justice for 30. You were supposed to just never get justice? Justice doesn't have an expiration date. It's like, well, you know, you didn't get justice in the first 10 years. Well, no, well, unfortunately, in the yeah, American criminal justice system, that's actually, that is how the law works. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, that's what so is that? It's called, uh, what is it called? Uh, uh the, the, um, somebody screaming at their car, their car right now. It's the, um, the wind. No, it's not window. It's the, uh, mm, statute, the statute, statute of limitations. limitations. So I know it's limited, yeah, so yeah, limitation, so, something. So, I'm like, I know it's limitation. So that's actually not everything yeah. I just said is a lie. So, yeah. so yeah, there's plenty of people that no. don't get justice. They're like, oh, you're too late. <laughs> yeah. He's he's free. You cannot convict him now. Yeah. So yeah, that's that that is actually what I said is factually not true. <laughs> there is an expiration date on a lot of crimes. Yeah. So like I said, um Abercrombie just felt so horrible that she had been just a little girl at the time of the murder. So of course, for all these years, she never believed that her father and uncle could be possible could be capable of committing such horrible and brutal, vicious crimes. But she had to come face to face with that reality and it was all hitting her in the courtroom. You know what I mean? Like in real time, her father's being convicted of this crime, and she had to accept that, wow, this person that threw me up in the sky and made me uh, jiggaboo balloons and all these things. <laughs> I'm not saying that. I'm sure she's a nice person, but I'm just saying she was at the parade. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? She may not know what was going on. She might not have known what was going on. She's like, it's but a stick man yeah, or whatever, but she was having at the, the Yeah, yeah. She was having a blast. Come on. So, you know, all those things in her mind are like, I can't believe I have to face that they're, these people I love are capable of this, and here's the family that they did it to. And they were right next to each other in the courtroom. So she was very, like, you know, apologetic and, you know, emotional. And the family was very forgiving. And as a matter of fact, 
In a quote from GQ magazine after justice was delivered for her favorite brother, Timothy, Talissa Coggins said, black people have a way because of all that we've been through. The way we was raised, forgiveness is the first thing that black people learn. And after all the stuff that black people have endured from slavery up until now, we are still forgiving people. So I just thought that was like, it's the same thing when Amber Geiger shot um, Botham John mm-hmm. and her, her mom, his mom hugged that woman in court because black people are very religious and, you know, the Bible tells you to forgive people and they, they did that. And then not six months later, she was like, oh, I'm appealing this. Yep. You know, she sat up there and was like, I'm sorry, I'm going to take my punishment. And she was like, I'm not going to sit in jail for all this no, time. I, I want to get a reduced sentence. Yeah. I didn't do that. But took that hug and cried and looked good in front of the judge and made this whole emotional moment and everything. Crazy. And then immediately was like, I'm not fucking sitting in jail for killing that dude. Fuck yeah. him. So, you know, mm. forgiveness, it's got to be a two-way street for me. And yeah. sometimes you're not going to get it. Sometimes you never, but it's, we, it's, it's, I don't know. Forgiveness is a tough one for me. It's when you're just forgiving people, you you should forgive people for you. And if that's what they did, then that's great. If they forgave Amber Geiger or um, the, the Coggins family forgave Abercrombie and her, and her father, maybe not her father, but they forgave her. They absolved her because she didn't do anything. Yeah. So them forgiving her is different because it's like, you just, you're guilty. Honestly, for me, it's like, you're kind of making this about you. (laughs) Like you're crying. Like my, our brothers we getting justice and you're like, we're hugging you, yeah. making you feel, we're patting you on the back. Fuck that. I don't really like that. But like, she didn't do anything wrong. So like, absolve her of her guilt. Nice. I'm fine with that. But in Amber Geiger's case, if I'm forgiving you for me, that's cool. But then if I see, when you whisper me, you're like, I know I did it. I'm so sorry. Whatever. You know, I feel terrible. And then I see you appeal the sentence. Yeah. It was fuck you again. It's like, oh, this. How can I still hold? I was like, well, I, mean, I but still what they forgave. Thought, they thought that she wasn't gonna. She was gonna take that maybe, time. It was just maybe they did. Maybe they did. I don't know. When he got a hug for me, that's what damn sure. Oh, never, never. <laughs> Especially not in the courtroom. I mean, maybe twenty years from now. Man, come on, man. I'm not giving you some photo opportunity. No, you can get out of my face with that one. Um, but yeah, no. Uh, oh, but are you, oh, you got, gonna, yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm, yeah, you got something. So I. To wrap this up, because, you know, they were convicted and, you know, at the end, it kind of turned into this heartwarming type of ending because, yeah. like, they end up getting Timothy Goggins a headstone because mm-hmm. they didn't have one at first because they were scared of people going desecrated and stuff like that. It's crazy. So what happened was when they went to lock these guys up, they called Oscar, Oscar Jordan, uh-huh. called him back out of retirement to go, yeah. hey, we want you to, because you essentially you knew this was knew you knew this who was, was from, the, from the jump. We want you to come back and we want you to put these guys in the handcuffs. Ooh. And I thought that was dope. I thought that was dope. Ooh, that's deep. That was dope. That's that was deep dope. and dope. Yeah. That's deep dope. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Damn. No, that's crazy. Yeah. Because they did him real cold. Super dirty. It's crazy how you could. We um, we did a story. I did a story a couple of months ago about a pol- two black police officers. They were like the first black police officers in their town and they got killed. Um, the idea that sometimes progress can be dangerous. Yeah. You know, and you got this black police officer and you I'm sure they did it to try to appease the black side of town. Oh, for sure. But they don't want you to actually do your job. No. And as soon as you start doing it's your job, like, yeah, you're just like a a, a show pony. <laughs> They're like, you actually did detect. They're like, nah. And he's like, I've been up for four days straight. Yeah. I, saw, I cracked it. They're like, you're not supposed to be doing this. You're supposed to just put this uniform on and go walk around the black neighborhood. So the black, so the darkies think that one of you works here. Yeah. You're not supposed to actually do work. 
get get your black ass to the whatever. You know, and they took him off the, the traffic. Yeah, traffic like, out. get the hell out of here. What are you doing? No. You're not a real police officer. So it's like sometimes progress, and we see that a lot today. I'm not getting into any specific examples, but sometimes yeah. uh, progress can be superficial and pandery and not real. But it's just putting a face on it. It looks good. Yeah. The Pepsi, Kendall Jenner giving the Pepsi to the police. Sometimes pro- progress looks like that. I don't know how I feel about that because I think it's come, sometimes it's a hindrance to real progress. Because mm-hmm. when you think, when you think you did it, you get you get you get tired. You you we hey we solved the problem and everything's cool. Uh, it's the Obamafication of it all. Yeah, I love Barack Obama, but I think a lot of people when a black president got elected, it was like <laughs> racism is done. Yeah, it's over now. And a lot of people took their foot off the driving, off the steering wheel. Took, their, I mean, took their, foot, took their foot off the. You drive the feet. A lot of people took their foot. <laughs> people, a lot of people cut their feet off. A lot of people took their foot off the gas pedal. Yeah. And s- quietly and slowly, there was this rage building in the country. Yeah. And then we got Donald Trump as president. Yeah. So sometimes you can get duped by progress or fake progress, like front facing progress that looks superficial, and then you take your foot off the gas, and that's when some of the most horrible shit happens. Yeah. It's just something to think about. But yeah, putting a. Like you said, having his black guys is, you know, kind of like you said, show a token. Him. He was a token because it's propaganda too. Mm-hmm. It's like, look what we doing. Yeah. <laughs> look what we doing. Black it's people black can be guy. cops too. It's like, really? Mm-hmm. Yeah. No. Once he put him on this, because we know he's let not, him let him pull over a white. We, guy. We know he's not going to solve it. Let him pull over a white guy. Whoever did it, you know, they they wanted the case. Yeah. yeah so yeah. we got it. We kind of got that covered up. You know, he started poking around, started doing his job because uh-huh. he, he's a detective, an officer, whatever. Yeah. And it's like. Oh shit, this guy's getting Yeah, he's on to it. He's got he's on to it. You gotta get him out of here. I didn't think they were actually smart. I didn't think that that's the thing. Like the way they were probably insulting this guy. You wait, they're like (laughs) nah, it's crazy. He's like, so I've been reading the case files all night. They're like, read? (laughs) Never seen a monkey read in my life. How about you take your ass back to traffic? I don't know. Let's put Billy Bob on this and uh let's let's wrap this thing up. But I wanna know if that like if that haunted him for Oh, of course it did, because he knew. It's like he knew he was right. He knew he was right. And then to find out, I'm assuming he didn't quit because they called him back. So um, I hope he retired. And he retired. A, they called him out of retirement. Yeah. So I'm, yeah. I'm assuming, I hope he had a nice career. Yeah. But you know, when he found out, like, what do you mean they shelved the case? That news he got? Yeah. When, they, when he found out, oh, yeah, we just couldn't find it. It's cold. The case is cold. They're like, And for poli- for political reasons, and that word is also, I hate that word these days because it's not political, for his own safety. Yeah. But we'll call it political reasons. He never, He I'm sure he never really pushed to reopen that case. He couldn't. He couldn't. He couldn't. Lose his job, get transferred. Death threats. His livelihood, death threats, yeah. but his livelihood in general. Like, sure. you're the one of the only black cops in this in this de- department. Like, you can't ruffle feathers no. and still have your job. No. We hear about that today outside of racism of, like, yeah. cops, you know, you might, might be a cop that's too rough with people when he pulls them over. It's like, well, if you are the cop that goes, hey, man, don't do that. They'll fucking, they'll make you quit. Everybody will turn their back on you. You don't back the shield, and they make it uncomfortable for you, and you quit. They don't want people with, you don't you we're you fall in line with us. Yeah. So if he's not falling in line and being like, so uh are we gonna open up we still looking into that case or what's going on? He's like, hey man, you keep asking questions about that. You're not gonna be around here much longer. We're gonna yeah. put you on a desk and then and then cut your pay, cut your hours, and then eventually it's like, I gotta go get a job somewhere else. I can't work here. It's it's it happens every day. You know? Sometimes departments weed out the good apples. Some, we should talk about that sometimes. Sometimes we yeah. they weed out the. It's it like, ain't no good apples. They yeah, all bad. It's, like, it's weed out the. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> nah, man. We want to steal shit from people and, and beat people up. It's like when this one person is like, "Hey guys, um, I don't think you should, man. Get the fuck yeah. <laughs> your ass out of here." 
So, yeah, it's just something to think about, man. Uh, before we get out of here, Fran, is there anything? What are you thankful for this week? I'm thankful that you got to just live another year. Man, you in 31, man. 31 years old. This is the 31 trips around the 31 sun. 31 trips. And this is this is one of the times where I get happy because, like, we're the same age for a couple months. Yeah, yeah. For that, for that shining brief moment. <laughs> for a couple months. Yeah, yeah. So I go, like, well, I'm not. I'm not we the same age to yeah, me. Right. I go, like, we the yeah, same age until sure. August comes, but. Yeah. 31, just get ahead man. of the race a little bit. Man, it's just, um, I think this past year was, you went through a lot, past year and a half. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, you went through a lot, did a lot of growing. Yeah, for sure. And um, proud of you, man. And, and and another birthday, happy birthday, man. My just, brother, man. Thank yeah. you, man. I'm, uh, I'm thankful uh, t- uh, to you yeah. for uh, being an example. I'm not going to get into too much detail, but yeah. the way that you live your life uh, and the things that I've seen you step up and do uh, inspire me to be the best person I can be. Cause yeah. I don't, for, for people to not understand me and Fran are very similar people. And when he found out he was having a child, we were both like living at home. Yeah. And like, I was like, well, yeah. what the fuck are you going to do? Yeah. And it was like, bam, he, apartment job, a yeah. real job. Like yeah. it just was like, he had all the shit. I was <laughs> like, wait, what? <laughs> and then I'm still living at home. I was like, we were supposed to get an apartment together. Yeah, yeah. What do you mean? Like, now I think about, it, I don't know how we would have been. Cause I, Man, I was working I, at the mall. Like I was, we were living. We the pipe yeah, we were working at a mall job. We were like, no, it's gonna be crazy, man. It's gonna be like Three's Company. We're gonna have a bedrooms <laughs> next to each other. We come out and high five, double dates and stuff. It's gonna be like a booty call. We it's, it's, broke it's, as hell, it's, man. It's been sad. It's just been sad. <laughs> eating ramen and fucking. It would have been so sad. The house would have been dirty. So no, you life went how it was supposed to go, and yeah. and, and, I, and I just yeah, I'm, I'm proud of you every day. I go, man, he, he did that, man. Yeah, man, you really stepped up and you did that in a beautiful way, and, yeah. and the way that this it's hey, unfolded hey, has been hey. great. I appreciate that. Huh? But hey, man, it ain't about me. It's about you, man. It's no, it's, it's from us. I'm thankful. Oh, okay. That's what I'm thankful right. for. Right. Let me be. Let me have my thanks. Oh, man. my bad. Yeah, don't, 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 don't try to dictate my thanks. I thought you were gonna give these backflips. Some, you know, sing a song. No, know. no, 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 no. Oh, no, you don't, don't got no uh, I'm 31, little bro. thing to swerve. No, I don't have the any thing that come out and flip no, back in. No, we don't have any of those. You no, that wasn't in the budget. Okay. <laughs> so, but uh, no, this has been another episode of Affirmative Murder. I've been Alvin Williams, joined as always by my partner in true crime, Francis Evans. We'll see you guys next week. Deuces. <laughs>